0: up good fellowship, but, you know, if we got to break up good fellowship, studying the Bible is a great alternative, right? So, Okay, let's open our Bibles. We're in Proverbs, and we were trying to figure out where I stopped last week, but uh, what I'm going to do is, um, let's see. Let's open up to chapter 13, and then I'll, if somebody could read, I'm going to ask somebody to read all of chapter 14 of Proverbs, so if you feel like reading tonight, just raise your hand and we'll tag you to read 14. And, oh, Jim, did you raise your hand? Okay, we'll have a mic coming your way in just a minute. I've got Roy with the microphone tonight. That's for the benefit of those who are live streaming, watching Facebook or YouTube, that want to hear comments, which I appreciate uh, somebody being able to watch it and hear what everybody says. So uh, Proverbs is basically divided up into, th- well, technically there's four, we'll call it four sections. In the first grouping of Proverbs, there's a division of two people speaking, and so this is a review time, Who are those two groups that are speaking in the first section of Proverbs? We we addressed this last week. Anybody remember? We'll see if you guys are paying attention. Okay, who? Okay, Lady Wisdom calls out, and she has four different dialogues calling out. And last week we looked at her last one, which was basically throwing a banquet, inviting people to come and participate in what she offers. She will feed them and nourish them, and she's offering wisdom. Okay, I heard somebody else. The father who's speaking to whom? The son, yeah. And um, I'm gonna put you on the spot if you don't mind, but what, what basically, if you could think of a single, here comes Roy, a single like overriding theme or idea or concept of the Father, what are some things that kind of hits your mind that he, he, he talks about frequently? He's just telling about the do's and don'ts. Okay, do's and don'ts, yeah. Do this or don't do this. I'm giving you wisdom and advice. Anything else that comes to mind? All right. I was thinking of the, um, the woman who's out there trying to seduce him. Um, That seems to be mentioned quite often, and it's actually a a theme that runs throughout the book of Proverbs, and in one case it mentions uh, a a young man who's seduced by this woman. Uh, It's kind of like a a livestock being led to slaughter, you know, kind of. You don't, you're not aware, you don't know what's going to happen, but you're, you're enticed and allured and you get drawn into the situation and its end is death. So I talked about a situation back when I worked in a manufacturing plant. There was a particular woman I called the Black Widow. Very attractive young woman. She liked to be flirtatious with men and she would entice young men who were married to get into a relationship. She would be the marriage wrecker and it just seemed to be something she did. And that was so sad. You know, I kind of wanted to put a big banner up in the plant. Watch Mm -hmm. out for the black widow. She will wreck your home. But uh, men of wisdom can discern and realize, got to stay away from this, you know. Is it attractive? Yes. Do I want to do it? Yeah. But no, this is destructive, and it's, it's counterproductive to a happy marriage, so... Um, so a, a dad is giving his son advice, stay away from the woman who will entice you. Okay, let's turn to chapter 13. I do have some outlines, If I know we have some visitors tonight, if y'all would like a copy of my outline, this is just kind of a graphic introduction to, to the book of Proverbs. Anybody need a copy? Nobody? Yes? Then what, I, then what we do after the first section of Proverbs, we go into the middle meat of Proverbs, which is just a, a list of various and sundry, wise sayings, pithy sayings, things that make sense. And generally, if you look at the pattern of this middle part of Proverbs, all the way up to the last two chapters, this section is a statement, and then um, either a restatement affirming what was just said, or a statement, and then a contrast showing wisdom and then foolishness, and then uh, we'll, get, we'll get a little more later, later into Proverbs where it's a more topical discussion, but most of the time it's a one-verse short saying that's just like, yeah, that makes sense. So the idea behind the book of Proverbs is if you read it and study it and dwell on it, then it's going to begin speaking back to you when you come into situations where you need wisdom, Alright, I'm encountering this. What should I do? Oh, yeah, I remember in Proverbs that says this, or to not do this. And so it should be a guide, that little voice inside your head that trains you like your parents did when you were young. And so you listen to these things and you follow that voice of wisdom and avoid some of the pitfalls. So one of the things I'm gonna to do tonight's a little bit different, is I want you to pick a proverb, right? Pick a proverb and let's talk. Let's sit down and talk. So if there's a particular proverb, as you've been reading and staying in the middle section, if there's one that speaks to you, we'll, we'll visit that. We'll just kind of talk. But because of the general, hey, Tom, come in. Uh, the general randomness of the proverbs, there's so many, uh, it's hard to really take a, a particular theme and say this, this whole chapter deals with this theme. No, there's just, they're all mixed up. But you do see recurring topics as you go through the book of Proverbs, and it's real interesting. I tried to find patterns today as I was reading and studying. So I'll show you how I approached Proverbs. What I did is I read a chapter, and I said, I like that, 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 that. It really speaks to me. So I just sort of highlighted those. All right, so let's go to Proverbs chapter 13. And then um, we'll have Jim read chapter fourteen in just a moment. Let me get in my Bible app. <clears throat> All right. Okay, Proverbs thirteen. So what I'm doing here in Proverbs 13, I'm pulling out just a few verses that I, that I like. And if, as you're reading through 13, if you see something, raise your hand and we can talk about it. But these are things that I thought were interesting. Verse 3, whoever guards his mouth preserves his life. He who opens wide his lips comes to ruin. So, all right, let me just throw this out here. What does that say to you? What is it really speaking about? Whoever guards his mouth preserves his life. He who opens wide his lips comes to ruin. How would you categorize that proverb? Listen more, talk less. Perfect. Thank you, Mr. Bill. Appreciate that. I told him we'd like to have voices of wisdom, and boom, he came right out of the gate. I like that. So he summarized uh, listen more, talk less. Uh, and, and it's consistent, Bill, with this idea of the more words you say, the more likely you are to get in trouble. Let your see, speech be seasoned. Uh, use words cautiously. There's actually a reference in the book of Proverbs that even a fool can be thought wise if he guards his speech and says a little. You know? The idea that when you start blabbing, people are like, oh, man, he's one of those. He knows everything. <laughs> you know, You ever run into people like that? They just talk and talk and talk, and you're like, this guy's talking foolishness. He's just blowing a lot of smoke. All right, verse 7. One pretends to be rich, yet has nothing. Another pretends to be poor, yet has great wealth. Let me read that again. One pretends to be rich, yet has nothing. Another pretends to be poor, yet has great wealth. What's our takeaway on that one? Anybody? quiet group. It's okay. I'll wait. Yes, Glenn.
1: Some of the the humblest men I've ever known were some of the wealthiest men I've ever known. Yes. And, uh, you know, i I find that that has been in my life. Those people that talk the most were the least had the least to talk about. Yes. So they, they were kind of self validating and self assuring to prop up their ego, whatever you want to call it, but the, the people that have achieved, overcome, uh, have allowed God to lead their lives, walk humbly, yes, and, and basically walk modestly, yes. Um, so so many of them are made millions of dollars, have been wealthy, successfully financially, and every other aspect of life, but they don't talk a lot about their achievements. So to me, that really earmarks. So so true.
0: I think of the old banker uh, and a farmer walks in and the farmer's in his old overalls and and his, uh, you know, his muddy work boots. But he reaches in his pocket and he pulls out big rolls of $100 bills. You know, he's been very frugal and saved a lot of money. Uh, I think of Sam Walton. I've heard stories about Sam about driving an old beat up pickup truck and he had his bird dog in the back and he had on he had just old work clothes, you know, old pants and, and he just looked like he didn't own a thing in the world, but yet he was worth millions, perhaps billions of dollars. And I heard a story about him one time, he got a haircut and reached back for his wallet and didn't have it and he drove home and came back and paid the barber in the same hour because I mean, he's worth million. I don't know, maybe billions of dollars. But that was just the kind of person he was. But he didn't put on airs. Uh, in school, we used to learn about uh, a thing called conspicuous consumption. People who didn't have money wanted to look like they had money, so they ran up all their credit cards and uh, owed a tremendous amount of money. And but they wanted people to think they were successful.
1: Uh, It was interesting when we lived in Arkansas for 13 years. uh, We got to indirectly know Sam Walton by all the people that had actually grew up with him, went to school with him, worshiped with him, uh, knew all his family. And the one unanimous thing they said about Sam Walton was he was a humble man and he valued the common man. Yes. He didn't, the big executives didn't impress Sam Walton. You know, and when the more the bigger he got after he franchised all his stores and everything, uh, uh, he just continued to walk the same direction he'd walked all his life.
0: Right, unchanging values. Yeah, yeah. And now so, I've heard that succeeding generations in that family have have maybe been different or changed a little bit from what is, you know, Mr. Walton originally believed. But
1: w- well, it kind of reminds me of uh, David and his dynasty of kings that followed him. Yeah. They never were uh, the level of humility. Uh, S- Solomon got the intelligence, but he didn't get the humility.
0: That's right. And
1: we see that in families, and, it, and this is with Walts Waltons today. Yeah. There's several books written about him. You really want to, f- interesting, uh, I invite anybody to go to, to uh, Arkansas and go to Walton's uh, uh, museum. And, I didn't realize it had a museum. That's oh, it's fabulous. Yeah. There's some, there's priceless paintings. There's artwork. There's, yeah. uh, it's, it's a, you know, they spent millions and millions of dollars for it. Wow. Uh, that's one of the things he wanted done in his lifetime. Yeah. Was something, a gift back to the a people. Give back,
0: yeah. Probably had things from the first Walmart all made in America. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It, imagine or, that.
1: It, well, that was kind of his credo. Yeah. You know, this, this, uh, Japanese thing is a, as a uh, uh, thing that uh, evolved after years. Now Walmart's like the rest of them. Yeah, everything's made in Japan. But yeah. then, uh, that was a big thing back then. Yeah, absolutely. You, they wanted to deal with American right. companies. But ha- <clears throat> having said that, I digress. Because I, uh, the, the, with this, this talks about real people. Mm-hmm. And I think when you have real people that you can look at yeah. and study them, I think it makes it tied even closer to Psalms and the wisdom from God that comes from these sayings. Sam Dal- Walton didn't invent that. He got it from someplace, and I think a lot of it he got it was from his upbringing yeah. and his, and his uh, understanding of God's Word and his will in his mm-hmm. life.
0: Yep. So it's in an amazing how just one one verse of one proverb – can spur that much discussion about life. It's just amazing. I would say, if you were to summarize that uh, proverb in one word, it'd be pretense, pretense, pretentious. Trying to be something you're not, but leading an impression that you're successful. And there's people like that out there. Let's drop down to verse 11. Wealth gained hastily will dwindle, but whoever gathers a little by little will increase it. So no get-rich-quick schemes, they don't work. And you'll go broke. Drop down to verse 18. This has to do with instruction. Verse 18. Poverty and disgrace come to him who ignores instruction. But whoever heeds reproof is honored. Right? Poverty and disgrace come to him who ignores instruction. That would be true for God's word. A young man who spends time digesting God's word and applying it in his life will probably be spared hardship. Um, Verse 20, I write down in verse 20 why moral companions are important. Choosing a person to run with that is morally upright. Let's see what verse 20 says. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, But the companion of fools will suffer harm. Just real quick, you run with a crowd that runs into trouble. What's going to happen to you? Guilt by association, yeah. Evil companions corrupts good morals, that's right. Evil companions corrupts good morals. Be careful who you run with. Be careful. Uh, I heard this story from a young man not too long ago, but um, anyway, in the county, there was a a person whose name was associated with trouble, and so what he was saying was, if I run with that person, then I all of a sudden become in the crosshairs of the law. (laughs) You know, it's just not smart. I don't want to be with that person. don't want to run with those people because law enforcement has had encounters with them before. All right, verse 22. Save a little bit of money to give to your children and grandchildren. 22. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the sinner's wealth is laid up for the righteous. Now, somebody talk about that last part. How, what does that mean, a sinner's wealth is laid up for the righteous? Anybody have an idea? Yeah, Will, over here. Here comes Roy. Here comes Roy. I asked Roy if he was ready for a workout tonight. Thank you, Will. Uh, This is my own opinion on it, but what I think that last part means is that whatever wealth or whatever a sinner does in life for his own glory, when he dies, it will eventually be given back uh, to the righteous and to God. That, that's precisely, Will, what the scriptures tell us in multiple places, is that ill-gotten gain, uh, wealth or riches that have been, been obtained by unethical conduct, abusing people, taking advantage of employees, uh, a person that is just greedy, uh, that has amassed a lot of money, when they die, God's going to make sure that money goes back to the righteous person of his choice. Isn't that amazing? So God provide. in other words, if you think about it, if you are ethical, God-fearing, and righteous, God is watching out for your best interest and might divert a windfall your direction to help you, money that has been obtained previously by ill-gotten gain, through the greed of someone who was mean, ungodly. So it, it's sort of like this idea of God's orchestrating, and somebody might call it karma, you know. If you treat people nice and you're kind, good things will happen. But if you're mean, if you're evil, if you're greedy, if you're always at odds, that money will be directed somewhere else and not, not be there for you. Well, look at verse 21. Disaster pursues sinners, but the righteous are rewarded with good. Disaster pursues sinners, but the righteous are rewarded with good. Yeah, you reap what you sow. That's right. If you're good to people, then good comes back. Um, My final verse, 24 in this chapter, and this is just kind of how I read and study Proverbs, just whatever pops out at me. Whoever spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is diligent to discipline him. So on the face, you might think, okay, beating my son with a rod, probably not a good idea, right? That might have been done back ages past, but I wouldn't suggest necessarily beating somebody with a rod. There are other ways to discipline children, right? Y'all are supposed to either go like this or like this. Who, who has an opinion on discipline? Anybody? All right. Let's go back to the basics. Should you discipline children? Yes. All right. How should you discipline children? All right. That, that got some people going.
2: An old fella told me one time. He said, "My daddy used to tell me he didn't. He, the reason why he whipped me was because he loved me."
0: Yeah, I've heard that before. He
2: said, but I just wish he hadn't loved me so much. <laughs> yeah. But he said, I'm glad he did. He was a wise man. I mean, yeah. no, you, you don't want to beat him, you know, what I'd think called beating, but yeah. you need to get the word across.
0: Well, first of all.
2: And guiding him in the right direction. That's what it's about.
0: From personal experience, don't discipline your children when you're mad, right? Just not a good idea. Don't, when you're angry or frustrated, that's not a good time to administer discipline. Have a cool-down period for yourself. Think it through. And I I think one of the things, and I'm not a child expert by any means, but understanding the the character and personality of each child and knowing what motivates them, maybe withholding of privileges, right? Taking away electronic devices, um, time out not going socially to an event, stay home, or, you know, taking away driving privileges. Different things work for different children, so I would suggest, rather than a a physical beating, which, you know, maybe, maybe a belt is appropriate in some cases, right? But I'm not advocating that we beat children, I just think... We have to be very careful how we administer that discipline, and that we think it through. So there, there are ways to constructively direct a child without it being physical. And you now I grew up getting whippings, you know, and uh, I survived. But it sure makes me think when I want to do something, and I remember back, you know, when my behind hurt. So yes. Ooh yeah. The tongue lashing when you got home. Generally, the rule: if I ever got in trouble at school, I got whipping when I got home. The teachers. Yeah.
2: They they, they were trying to help me. I understand that now. I didn't then. <laughs> yeah. But it the paddle didn't hurt as much as the words.
0: For some unknown reason, when I got an F from a a grade. I guess it was a test at school, in elementary school, I decided to sign my mother's name. I don't know why I did that. Why did I do that? But the teacher let my mom know that I had signed her name, you know. So I got disciplined. My favorite story, I think I told Gentry this, but Meg's grandmother was a school teacher. She was just a little bitty thing, but she had a paddle, and one little boy just he had it coming, you know it was his time, so she lined him up in front of the chalkboard, and she lit him up. whack! Well, his back pants caught on fire. He had a roll of caps from his cap gun, so she she caught his pants on fire, giving him a whipping. That's a good story right there now. She
3: fired him up,
0: woohoo put the fire out. All right, so i th- <laughs> I think Jim's going to read. Chapter uh, 14 for us.
4: The wise woman builds her house, but the foolish tears it down with her own hands. He who walks in his uprightness fears the Lord, but he who is crooked in his ways despises him. And the mouth of the foolish is a rod on it for his back, but the lips of the wise will preserve them. Where no oxen are, the manger is clean. But much increase comes by the strength of the ox. A faithful witness will not lie, but a false witness speaks lies. A scoffer seeks wisdom and finds none, but knowledge is easy to him who has understanding. Leave the presence of a fool, or you will not discern words of knowledge. The wisdom of the prudent is to understand his way, but the folly of fools is deceit. Fools mock at sin, but among the upright there is goodwill. The heart knows its own bitterness, and a stranger does not share its joy. The house of the wicked will be destroyed, but the tent of the upright will flourish. There is a way which seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Even in laughter, the heart may be in pain, and the end of joy may be grief. The backslider in heart will have his fill of his own ways, but a good man will be satisfied with his." The naive believes everything, but the prudent man considers his steps. A wise man is cautious and turns away from evil, but a fool is arrogant and carelessness is careless. A quick-tempered man acts foolishly, and a man of evil devices is hated. The naive inherit folly, but the prudent are crowned with knowledge. The evil will bow down before the good, and the wicked at the gates of the righteous— The poor is hated even by his neighbor, but those who love the rich are many. Hmm. He who despises his neighbor sins, but happy is he who is gracious to the poor. Will they not go astray who who devise evil? But kindness and truth will be to those who devise good. In all labor there is profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. The crown of the wise is their riches, but the folly of fools is foolishness. A truthful witness saves lives. But he who speaks lies is treacherous. In the fear of the Lord, there is strong confidence, and his children will have refuge. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life that one may avoid the snares of death. In a multitude of people is a king's glory. but in the dearth of people is a prince a, but in the dearth of people is a prince's ruin. He who is slow to anger has great understanding, but he who is quick-tempered exalts folly. A tranquil heart is life to the body, but passion is rottenness to the bones. Mm -hmm. He who oppresses the poor reproaches his master, but he who is gracious to the needy honors him. The wicked is thrust down by his wrongdoing, but the righteous has a refuge when he dies. Wisdom rests in the heart of one who has understanding, but in the bosom of fools it is made known. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a disgrace to any people. The king's favor is toward a servant who acts wisely, but his anger is toward him who acts shamefully.
0: Thank you, Jim. Appreciate that. That was a long chapter. So, what sticks out to you in that chapter? What wise saying sort of struck a chord and you're like, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Anybody? Questions? Yes, sir. All right. Hold on just a second. I got a microphone coming. Hold on. Hold on. All right. There you go. I mean, I've re-
2: I've read this before in other places, but uh, verse 34. Yes,
0: I love that verse. Yes.
2: That kind of tells us about America.
0: Tell us. Okay, well, let me let me kind of probe your mind a little bit, Dennis. Let's take verse 34 and where you think America is and um, how can we apply that in, in America today?
2: Well, I mean, we're we're telling on ourselves. Okay. We're not being righteous. <laughs> I mean, some are, some are, you know, but as a nation, we're turning from righteousness. So we can't expect nothing else but what we're getting. And if it don't change, it's going to be bad. But I... I, I I' always have hope and pray that it does get better, and it could.
0: Okay? I, I think, and y'all have to forgive me, I'm trying to remember on the on Mount Carmel, was that Elisha or Elijah? Elisha, I think. Elijah. Elijah. And after all of the prophets of Baal died, and rightly so, right? He fled and ran far, far away to a mountain, okay? And then Elijah, what did he say to the Lord when the Lord said, why are you here? What did he say? Who said that? Okay, I'm the only one left. Now, he felt that way, didn't he? I'm I'm being hunted down by the wicked queen. She's pledged to take my life. I'm running, fleeing from my life. And speaking of righteous people, Lord, thanks for the victory on Mount Carmel. But speaking of the righteous, I'm the only one. And the Lord said, you're right. You are the only one. No. No? No.
5: I have reserved.
0: All right. So, okay. Now, I I bring up the story to make us aware of America. I am guilty of watching the evening news, and I keep saying i got to quit this stuff. It is bad, it is toxic, it is caustic, and it's extremely negative. Amen? Amen. So if I watch America through the news, it's a really rotten, corrupt America. But you know what? There's a lot of good people out there. They just don't make it on the news. They're not newsworthy. But I think if I were to go to the Lord and say, "Lord, America is just—it's just a lost cause. There's no one good anymore. It's all corrupt. Yes, there's a lot of corruption, Dennis. There's a lot of scandals. There's a lot of fake news and lying. And but there's still good people. And so I hope that we can remember that there's a few righteous people out there. And if you don't think a few people righteous, a few righteous people make a difference. Go back to the story of Abraham, when he negotiated with the Lord over Sodom and Gomorrah, right? So I think I saw a hand up. Sean, uh, let's get Tom and then Sean. Yeah. Yes, sir. Whoop, 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 whoop. Tom first. I
2: guess Sorry. I guess that a lot of us who have been around a few years are kind of like in shock because we're seeing covetousness being promoted as a virtue, perversion as being a resume enhancer. And the shedding of blood yes. is considered to be a, a, another virtue. Yes. So it 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 is very disturbing.
0: It is disturbing, and and this terrible carnality. Um, what was the recent? Um, was that the Emmys where they had this satanic worship in the devil costume? And help me out here. Yeah. Yeah. If you the grammys thank you i'm sorry i'm i'm ignorant if you go and research the song and the lyrics it was vulgar and base and sexually oriented the whole song horrible song primetime tv it was it was a it was a recreation of a cult worship and satanic worship with the horns and everything they even gave people out in the audience devil horns all right. This is bad stuff being pumped into our homes through television. So I'm I'm with you. I mean, we need to be praying for our nation, but never ever forget that a few righteous people make a difference. So be righteous, be holy. And know that God's going to bring this whole earth to an end sometime. The main thing is we want to hear him say well done. Now, it's going to get tough, and we've got to stand strong. We've got to, we've, we're going to take heat from the world. The world will hate us just like they hated Jesus. But hang in there, because our reward's coming soon. <laughs> All right.
2: You know, we, we think of America as so bad, but really and truthfully, we've really kind of got to reprove for the last three to 400 years from the bad things, because we were founded, our country was founded, and on the belief of a supreme being or God.
0: No question about we, that. We,
2: we've, we've had a reprieve from that for so many years, but when you look at back at the history, and you look at Rome, during the period of time that the church was founded, they were in the same situation we're in today. They were sexual perversion all over the place. It was on every street corner. It was everywhere. All these things they had, but yet that our, yet Christianity was able to grow, even in those times.
0: In persecution. During yeah. those times. That's yes. right. That's right. Good point. I think Sean had a comment too. Sorry, Sean. I didn't mean to ignore you. Uh, I was going to ask if you
2: watched. The, the local news or the worldwide news?
0: Uh, I, I kind of watch both, but I I have been watching uh, the news at five thirty, the national news. Oh yeah. But what I've done, in case you guys are interested, I've tried to switch over to a news feed called fourteen forty. Uh, you can you can sign up on on your phone or your iPad, and it will send you a summary of world events and local events, and and it's not biased, liberal, or, it's not trying to have a spin. It's just the news, right? It's called 1440, check it out. And I use that as a news feed, but I'm gonna have to quit watching the 530 news. It's just so, and and, you know, it's just discouraging. It's just discouraging, disheartening. Yes?
1: Tom, we can can absolutely get overwhelmed by what's going on in the world today, because it's such a dark place. Yeah. There's so much, like this brother, there's lying, there's hypocrisy. It's all out there. Yes. But I rest assured in the fact that I continue to see real people in real time around me doing real Christ-like service. To, uh, just today, I was watching, I'm on a website called Next Door, and they were helping one another and it was a beautiful thing to see and read and the communications and the postings of people trying to help each other out. And and there was some real despair and then you had this uh postings that hey we'll help you 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 they always PM me that means personal message me and I'll come over and help you
0: and that's great isn't it?
1: Oh I mean it's Christ in action. It's the Holy Spirit leading these people uh, to help others amen and, and uh, you know I, I before i never volunteer state didn't mean much to me when i'd hear that about tennessee well i think it's part of their dna or something this is the most volunteering people i couldn't believe there was people this woman had children and everything and she was a single mother and she was needing all kinds of help mm-hmm. and and I thought, well, I need to jump in, you know. And I love it the fact that when you're thinking, I need to jump in, well, go ahead and read a little bit. Maybe somebody's already jumped ahead of you, and they had.
0: That's great.
1: But the time I got done reading all those posts, her problems were were taken care of, her immediate needs, yeah. her long term needs, and uh, this one good friend of mine, who's uh, uh, some of you seem or an older guy. Uh, Don Gerald, I think you know him, Tom. He's got log cabin guy lives yeah. down here. Yeah, I
0: knew Don. Yeah,
1: but anyway, uh, he he is, and I I see this because I'm standing on. I start talking about humble men mm-hmm. that you they're multimillionaires and you don't even know it. He's yep. one of them, and he very quietly works every day. There's not a day that goes by that I don't somehow see something that man's done for someone or many people. Yeah, and he just says nothing about it. Yeah. Uh, unless you just read about him or something he's posting to help somebody else, you never know existed.
0: That's great. But, That's encouraging. Uh,
1: people are out there, and yeah. so often uh, the the world ignores them. Yeah, they, they see them as crazy or good do-gooders. You know, I've heard that term used.
0: I wanted to respond to something Dennis said, and just I, I think we need to we need to make sure we understand this: is that as society grows darker right as we as we feel sin creeping in and becoming more pervasive tom just remember a single candle shines brighter when it's darkest right and you can be that candle you can let your light shine you can be that person that makes a difference by being by showing unashamedly that you're kind and good but you give all the glory to your father and i think if you just remember that you can make a difference. All right, on the lighter side, all right, let's go back to verse 4. I just find that funny. Help me understand verse 4. Somebody share a little wisdom. Let me read it. Where there are no oxen, the manger is clean, but abundant crops comes by the strength of the ox. What does that mean? Uh, four, 14. 14.4. 14.4. All right, we got, we got Dennis back here. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Royce coming. I'm getting older this
2: week. I'm getting older. I'm older this week.
0: Did they not use
2: oxen to raise crops?
0: Yes, they did. They, they okay, plowed. Okay, so
2: if they had no oxen, they couldn't raise any crops. Right. So, uh... Okay. But... Uh, much increase is by the strength of the ox. Okay. So I, I that uh, what they were talking about, the crib, that's where you usually put your the stall, yeah, the yeah, stall put, barn crib. Yeah, put mm-hmm. your grain or yeah. corn. So that's that's what I thought about that. If we had no ox, they couldn't raise any crops.
0: Right. All right. Uh, let's go over to Will and then if we have time we're gonna get we're gonna get Glenn. All right we got just a few minutes. A little wisdom here, please. I think what this proverb is trying to say is that if we're ever going to make anything worthwhile, it's got to be worth getting a little bit dirty and rolling our sleeves up and getting the work done. Uh, In this analogy, he's using the trough. So if you don't have any oxen, you never feed them the trough. So, yeah, it stays clean all the time. Yeah. But when they work... Things are going to get a little bit dirty, but it's going to yield the crops. My translation says manger. Uh, So basically, the idea is it takes something to make something, and that something that it takes is going to be work and a little inconvenient and frustrating. So you've got to kind of get through the wall of the inconvenience or the labor of getting to where you need to get, but look at the yield. The strength of the ox yields so much through your crop, so it's well worth having to shovel. Imagine sending somebody out, oh, you got to clean the barn out again. Oh, no. Yes, but remember, <laughs> remember at the fall when we bring in a wonderful harvest and feed not only ourselves, but we feed neighbors and we make a living. So, yes, it's worth the time and the trouble because of the investment. It yields all right i think glenn thank you good point hang on let me get the mic to you we're working roy out yeah but i want people to hear that are live streaming thank you i appreciate your patience with the microphone
1: uh, I, I love to summarize things and and transpose sometimes uh things uh, to me, this boiled down, because I was like you when I read it, I laughed. Yeah, I did because too. I, and I thought, you know, in the military, the, what do they call the hard workers, the guys that, that do things and nobody else the likes grunts. to do The grunts. Yeah. And I thought, this is saying, you need grunts, and don't kid yourself. Yeah. You couldn't make it without them. And, it, and so it is with this. Oxen. Yeah. Oxen were the grunts of their, their day. And uh, what Jesus say about that? He said, don't, don't muzzle your oxen the ox, right. so it tramples out the ground. They're working for you. They're getting it done. And how often society, society I don't care if it's uh, waiters and waitresses, working hard in being given good service and polite and efficient, and people just take it for granted and sometimes just treat them awful. And I see people in society in all their aspects of their lives. Some are abusers, users, and abusers, and there's also encouragers, and and uh, lovers, and uh, which are we? Do we, do we really show our appreciation daily? Uh, we just had some ladies at um, uh, uh, Fieldstone that we had dinner, lunch. We had our usual Wednesday lunch oh, yeah, with everybody. Yeah. And uh I every time those ladies filled my glass, br- brought me a straw or anything else, I thanked them. And you got to ask yourself if you're not doing that, when you're just out and out in everyday society, if you're not constantly thanking people who your grunts, I shame on you. That's all I've got to say. You change your ways, you straighten up because those people deserve not only our thanks but our admiration.
0: Yeah, good point. Good point. Well, Thank you for your insight tonight. I hope you enjoyed a little bit of a different class where we just focused on a few Proverbs and tried to dissect them and glean wisdom. Next week, I'd like to do, do the same, but I'd like you to, to kind of go through verse, uh, chapter 29. So basically, we're going we're gonna to wrap up this middle section of pithy sayings, and I will tell you next week, we're going to be focusing on alcohol and what Proverbs has to say about alcohol. And uh, any other themes that you want to bring in or introduce? So your homework assignment is to read up through chapter 29 and bring something. Bring something and be prepared to discuss. What what stood out to you as you read the Proverbs? What wisdom can we glean and apply in our life? And I appreciate so much everyone's comments tonight. Thank you so much. And y'all have a blessed rest of the week. Thank you, Roy. Thanks for bringing your parents tonight. That's awesome. And Mr. Bills he, he shared in class and, and shared his wisdom with us. did your mom make comments in class? No, I didn't give her a Oh. Okay. I'm sure you did a great job. How you doing? How's your husband doing? In just a moment, Brother Mike Horn is going to lead us in prayer. Mike is the tall guy. I think he might be related to Kristen. Anyway, we're glad you're here. And so um, I just wanted to offer a very quick invitation. Uh, We understand, based on our conversation earlier, the evil that is surrounding us and so many wicked things but I wanted to focus just for a moment on Galatians 5.22. You're all familiar with this. It's not anything new, but it's the fruits of the Spirit. The fruits of the Spirit. They are as follows. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions And desires. So if you take the last part of that verse and and kind of follow it backwards, that means if you're not demonstrating all of the fruits of the Spirit, then you have not yet crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So what does that mean? It means that we are all a work in progress. Maybe I should be more specific. I, (laughs) and <laughs> they work in progress. Because when there's days and I struggle with showing all of the fruits of the Spirit and maybe fall short, that means I'm still trying to master overcoming the flesh, right? And that's a struggle that we'll continue to fight until we die. So how does that tie into the invitation? If you're struggling with one of these fruits of the Spirit and maybe it's absent in your life, We're going to sing an invitation song, and I want you to realize that God loves you. His grace will reach you, but he wants you to continue to be perfect as he is perfect, to work on getting rid of those fleshly things. So if you're struggling, we offer an invitation. Maybe your heart is burdened with sadness. Maybe you're going through a really, really hard week. Maybe you have a a close friend or relative that needs prayer, whatever that need may be. We ask you to come. Let us pray for you because we are all a work in progress. I am a work in progress, and I'm so thankful that his grace reaches me. Amen? His grace. Oh, Bless God for his grace. Let's sing an invitation song, number 638. Roy's going to lead us, so stand up. We'll sing.
3: Thank you, sir.
5: 638 deeper than the ocean and wider than the sea is the grace of my savior for sinners like me said from the father and his grace reaches Reaches me me and full Grace reaches me higher than the mountain.
0: Great song great song thank you Roy some quick announcements Uh, the ladies song group will meet tomorrow at 1230 you can see Wanda if you have any questions a memorial service will be conducted for Vicki Randolph Uh, that'll be 10 o'clock Friday in the chapel Austin Abel in Springfield visitation is Thursday from four to seven she was the daughter of Edeline Elliott sister of Robin Miller uh, we're providing a meal for the family after that service, so we need your food here at the building Friday by 10.30 a.m., and the building will be open as early as 7. There's a monthly singing at Brookdale Assisted Living. That's on Memorial Drive. It's this Saturday. need you there by 2.25. Meals on Wheels is the Sunday. Uh, we're preparing food for 10 people. See Christy Albright if you have any questions. Hillcrest is having a ladies uh day april 1st at 9 a.m they're going to serve lunch there is a sign-up sheet in the foyer with more information if you plan to attend we need you to sign up by march 26. Uh, candy and chocolate bunnies for our easter egg hunter needed that's going to be on april 8th uh, these items you can leave in the carrying quarter um, fairly soon at least by april 2. also we have Our um, Daylight Savings Time, Uh, so set your clocks forward one hour um, this coming Saturday night. A couple of quick announcements. Uh, We learned that Nicole Wallace's uncle, his name is Carl Melton, he's uh, elderly. He fell today and broke a leg, so he's in rehab. So um, I'm going to put a little star by, by Carl up here, Mike. Uh, also, I wanted y'all to be aware that Ms. Evelyn Winters um, was at Skyline Medical Center. They, she apparently had some issues while the power was out. They suspected a stroke. She had tests, nothing really showing up, but she is declining in her health. Uh, I'm going to try to go see Miss Evelyn tomorrow. Her daughter called me um, recently, and she said, we're really looking for a part-time sitter during the day. Um, and so she gave me the, the cell phone numbers of the two, brother, the two sons locally. And uh, if you know a sitter who does that that may be looking for just a few hours during the week, uh, they are wanting to interview, but they'd prefer a personal recommendation, somebody that you know and maybe can vouch for. So see me or we'll give you the phone numbers of, of those two sons of Miss Evelyn's and uh, see if we can help that family out. Also, um, we're aware of some trees that have fallen from our members here. And uh, if you're interested in helping sometime Saturday with just some tree cutting, maybe for an hour or two, that would be great. I'm in the process of getting those people who have a need uh, identified. But contact me. Let me know you're available sometime Saturday, and I can tell you where to go um, and who has that particular need. So I think I've got everything taken care of. Um, any additional announcements or updates from the family? Any any news? We got everybody covered. Okay. So I'm going to put here Evelyn and Carl Melton. So we specifically want to remember them, and also um, the Vicky Randolph funeral, which is Edeline and Robin. Okay, so we're going to ask Mike if he'll come and lead us in a closing prayer. If there's no further announcements, we'll be dismissed. What's our count tonight? 101. Okay, thank you.
3: Will you pray with me? Our almighty Father, we thank you so very much for this day you've given to us. Father, we thank you for the ability you've given to us to get out and the degree of health that we hold at this time. Father, we thank you for this, the opportunity to pause in the middle of the week and refresh our minds and refresh our spirits, join like-mannered Christians and help us to make it through the rest of the week. Father, we thank you for this great gift. Father, we have those on prayer list tonight. We ask that you would be with them, and you know their individual needs. We ask, especially that we would be with Miss Evelyn. Give her the things that she needs at this time, Father. We ask that you would be with those that are attending to her. Mm-hmm. Father, we ask that you would be with Carl. Yes. We ask that he would be able to heal and get back to his normal degree of health. Be thy will. Father, we thank you for this great country that you've blessed us with. Father, there's there's issues and there's problems, and sometimes we let them overcome our thoughts, so help us to always remember that you are in control, and you have this all together, and it will all be good. Mm -hmm. Father, give us the strength and courage to face each new day. Help us to not pass up opportunities to spread your word. As we go our separate ways, we ask that you would watch over us and keep us safe, give us a Good night's rest, if it be thy will, and tomorrow. In your son's name that we pray. Amen.